Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Miami Heat get a massive win over the Celtics to stay on top of the East. UNC will beat Duke because of... Plus, did Tom Brady push Bruce Arians out of Tampa? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For the last few weeks, the Eastern Conference playoff race has been all about the surging Boston Celtics, the defending champion Bucks, and of course, the enigmatic star-studded Philadelphia 76ers. But what about the number one seeded Heat? They seem to take it personally in a 106-98 win over the Boston Celtics, suffocating Boston with 15 fourth-quarter points allowed en route to a 106-98 win. Joining me now from Locked on Heat, Wes Goldberg. And Wes, how do you think a win like this recalibrates expectations, changes the narrative as we head into the home stretch? Yeah, the interesting thing about this win, not only did it come against the Boston Celtics, who have been the best team in the NBA by far since basically the turn of the calendar, certainly in the Eastern Conference, but it was a week after the the big kerfuffle on the sideline between Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolster, and Udonis Haslam, right? Exactly a week after that happened uh, in that loss to Golden State that Miami had last week in the midst of what was a four-game skid, right? And what was the number one team in the Eastern Conference for a very long time uh, went tumbling down in the standings, the entire team seemed to be fraying at the seams and all that momentum, all the good feels that they had uh, going into the playoffs seemingly just came undone. And then they beat the Sacramento Kings, nothing like a, a game against the Sacramento Kings to get right. And then they go into Boston and beat the Celtics uh, who have been so good for so long, just flat out dominant. And they did it in a game that had a playoff type of feel. And that, you know, winning solves, you know, cures all wounds, right? Like a big win like this, forget that nightmare week, right? doesn't even matter anymore. With five games left, they have a ton of momentum now. And they have a game lead up uh, for the number one seed in the East. So as we look at the standings then in the Eastern Conference, the only problem with being the number one seed in the East is you might have to play the Brooklyn Nets, who may well be the most talented team, at least at the top in the Eastern Conference. So if you're the Heat, are you looking at matchups? Are you trying to finish strong? What is the what is the goal here to finish out? And, and are you matchup hunting a little bit? I don't think so. Look, I know that the Brooklyn Nets are scary. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, the idea of them is intimidating. And every broadcast is contractually obligated to say that nobody <laughs> wants to play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. I understand that. But they're, they're still really leaky defensively. I'm not scared of... Really, anybody else on that team, if I'm the Miami Heat, yeah, it's Durant. Yes, it's Kyrie Irving. But um, I don't know that a team with that, like they're going to need to score 140 points a game to win. And I just don't see them doing that as good as Kyrie and Kevin Durant are against a defense like Miami's or even Milwaukee's or Boston's, frankly. And so, uh, yeah, the Nets are scary. Nobody wants to play Durant. I get it. But they're not so scary that you start creating different matchups, hunting certain matchups in the first round, tanking games with five games to go and all that stuff. No, I think if you're the Miami Heat, you just try to play your best basketball going into the playoffs and whatever happens in the first round happens. Coming up, UNC will beat Duke because of... 
we fill in the blank next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Mavericks trying to crack the top three in the West helped their case on Wednesday night against the Cavaliers. Dodo does it again. Dorian Finney-Smith sets a new career high as the Mavs beat the Cavs. Nick Angstead from the Locked On Mavericks podcast here. Dallas Mavericks get the win 120 to 112 against the Cleveland Cavaliers who are without Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, obviously Colin Sexton, missing a few other pieces. Spencer Dinwiddie sitting out the second night of a back-to-back for the Mavericks as he's still recovering from the ACL injury from last year. This will be the last back-to-back that the Mavericks will have this year, so he should be back for the rest of the year. But it was Luka that started him off. 11 assists in the first half, eight in the first quarter. Then Luke had a 17-point third quarter, and uh, he was just absolutely dishing. It was at times in this game, he just felt like he could do whatever he wanted. There was a moment in this game where former Maverick Moses Brown was trying to guard him under the rim. Luka gave him the okey-doke with the little fake pass, completely turned it around, hit a little shot over the top of him. It was just stuff like that all night from Luka Doncic. But Dorian Finney-Smith, has been absolutely incredible for the Dallas Mavericks. That's a new career high with 28 points and six threes in this game. His development over the last five or six years has been one of the biggest and most brightest things for this Dallas Mavericks team. He is going to be absolutely crucial in any kind of playoff series the Mavericks face. And now they could possibly move up to three if the Golden State Warriors fall to the Phoenix Suns later tonight. We'll talk about that and more on tonight's Locked on Mavs. The Suns aren't playing for much but pride at this point in the West, but the Warriors are trying to stay ahead of the Mavs. Cyrus Sots is here with Locked On Warriors and your Locked On Now nightly recap. Ordinarily, on a night when the Warriors have lost four straight now, they've lost seven of eight, they've fallen to the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Yet despite that dub nation, if you love your team, This was not that bad of a loss. They did lose 107-103 to the Suns at home, but this was a close game, and given the Warriors at best for, what, 60%, Stephen Curry's not playing, Draymond Green is still coming back, and that was really the most encouraging part was Draymond Green. He collected 10 rebounds, uh, added 8.7 assists. It was a solid night for him. He had a costly turnover near the end um, on on a failed sort of pass attempt to Otto Porter Jr. that was called for travel because uh, Porter Jr. did not make a cut. That just comes with timing and it comes with experience and given Draymond Green was out for over two months, those kinds of things are expected. Clay Thompson struggled though. Uh, It was a meager 13 point performance on a horrible shooting. The pool party was on fire tonight. He scored a season, I'm sorry, career high. 38 points and again despite the fact they lost they lost to an NBA team that is by far the best regular season team uh, in the NBA this year the Phoenix Suns and they beat they beat them the last time they played in Phoenix on Christmas Day convincingly at that so Dub Nation despite the fact they lost this game Andrew Wiggins poured in 19 a solid performance for him he was aggressive that's all you can ask for from Andrew Wiggins and this team balled They lost, but they showed a lot of promise and a lot of bright sides. I'm breaking all this down tomorrow with Larry Kruger on Locked On Warriors. And I'm Cyrus Sotsis. Follow me at Dog Surf Roadshow. Thank you. LeBron James has left the Lakers road trip early to continue his ankle rehabilitation in Los Angeles, according to the team. James was ruled out for tonight's game at the Utah Jazz. He's been dealing with a left ankle sprain since Sunday and didn't play in Tuesday's 128-110 blowout loss. Meanwhile, Anthony Davis is also listed as doubtful for tonight. He hasn't played since February 16th 
when he sustained a right midfoot sprain. The Lakers are a half game up on the Spurs for the final play-in spot in the Western Conference, with seven games remaining for both teams. Costa Rica maintained its unbeaten record at home against the United States in World Cup qualifying with a 2-1 win at the Estadio Nacional in San Juan on Wednesday night. Despite the result, the U.S. still finishes third in CONCACAF's octagonal qualifying table behind first place Canada and second place Mexico, thus securing an automatic spot in cutters at year's end. Costa Rica is in fourth, meaning it will play a one-off match against New Zealand in Qatar to determine which of those two teams makes the finals. Octagonal qualifying table. <sighs> I, I am glad someone much smarter than me is able to keep this all straight. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. The final four lines are set. The big one everyone will be talking about all week the UNC Tar Heels and the Duke Blue Devils for a trip to the championship. The betonline.net line for this game has Duke giving four and two teams with plenty of championship experience in their own right. The Kansas Jayhawks and the Villanova Wildcats. The betonline.net line for this game has Kansas also giving four. And the futures odds to win the championships Duke plus 155, Kansas plus 180, Villanova plus 450, North Carolina plus 475, Bet Online, where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. Somehow, it had never happened before. Duke and UNC in the NCAA tournament. Not only do we get to see that matchup this weekend, we get it with a chance to go win a national championship. Joining me now from Locked On ACC, Candace Cooper and Candace, this is... A, a matchup that we love to watch in the regular season in the ACC tournament. Now we get it in the final four. This UNC team, an eight seed, has been an underdog all tournament. They have exceeded all expectations. What has Hubert Davis's role been in helping this team coalesce like this? Yeah, you know, I think that favor is not fair. And Hubert Davis has done things that have really trusted, made those guys trust in his system. And being an assistant for nine years, you kind of understand who a man is and who his character is. But I think you have to learn how to let him lead and how to really follow his guidance once you don't have a guy like Roy Williams at the helm. So the trust is there. I think the guys are now trusting each other and not sort of trying to play that hero ball. So him allowing them to create their own experiences when it comes to basketball, all the big Carolina moments that he has had the opportunity to, you know, relish in. Now they get to have those moments. They have to have those tough, you know, grinded out successful wins that came up or come up short and they learn about each other a little bit more. And I think coming short in the ACC tournament has definitely propelled them to where they are now because it's history literally tells us every time they lose in the semifinals, they end up winning a national championship. And so here we are, you know, I'm not saying I believe in a lot of the spooky things, but I just, you know, I'm going to put it out there in the universe. <laughs> so the interesting <laughs> thing about both of these teams is they recruit like few teams out there. And we ultimately will blame coaching. We will blame player execution in these moments. And often we blame the inability for these players to come together, to coalesce. And oftentimes when you have super talented teams, overcome adversity. You mentioned the adversity that this Carolina team has overcome. What what flipped? What changed? Uh, what was it that said this is the the propelling force for this team over the last month or so? 
You know, I really think that it was that big win in Cameron Indoor and blowing up Coach K's retirement party because no one expected them to win and they were playing with house money. And as well as they played, you saw the starters having to play for a full 20 minutes by themselves and just dig in really deep. So I think that it just allowed for that rotation, especially to have confidence in that group moving forward. And they've shown it ever since. Yes, they came up short in the ACC tournament. But like I said, it was something that they've been inconsistent. So we're not new to them failing. But now that they've been in this tournament, they've just been rolling and you can't be mad at it one bit. I'm excited for them. If you're looking at an X factor in this game on the Carolina side, who is that player or it could be a coach. It could be Hubert Davis um, that that if they're going to win, it's going to be because of this person. It's going to be because of Brady Manick point blank period, because he has to shoot the lights out. He has to be the energy. He can, you know, have moments and flashes and be all right on defense. But if he can shoot that rock wet all night, I promise you that that team is going to feed off of him and everyone's going to step up a little bit bigger. So I'm all for my 10 month Brady contract. You know, he's been a real one throughout his short time. And I look forward to him being a Carolina lifer for sure. Coming up, did Tom Brady push Bruce Arians out of Tampa. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You've heard me say that. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm on a little bit of a family vacation right now, and I brought them as an airplane snack, as a just hanging out snack. I brought them with me on vacation. How can I give a better endorsement of a product than I brought them on vacation with me? You need just the essentials on vacation. I brought Built Bars. What more do you need to know? Well, how about this? They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they come in a bunch of different flavors, each one better than the last. They're all low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carb. And if you don't believe me, which you should, but if you don't, I can make it easy for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Just a casual Wednesday night bombshell in the NFL. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians is retiring from coaching. He will move to a role in the organization's front office and in his stead, defensive coordinator Todd Bowles will take over. Joining me now, from Locked On Bucks, David Harrison. And David, why make this move now here at the end of March rather than, say, two months ago? Yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and you know, given Bruce Arians' history, you have to assume that health has at least something to do with it. Uh, obviously, everybody was expecting to hear from him. We did hear from General Manager Jason Light down at the owners' meeting uh, in Miami. But it was revealed Monday night uh, that Bruce Arians would not be speaking to the media. And then eventually it was learned uh, that he didn't even make the trip to Miami. And, and the the status was that it was for personal reasons. So obviously that can mean, you know, an extreme amount of things. And obviously you hope everything is okay. I know most of us sent out tweets or, or whatever saying, you know, hopefully everything's okay with the Arians family, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then it kind of got revealed that he had, he was dealing with a little bit of a health issue. Kind of sounded more like a stomach bug or, or maybe like a flu-like type of deal than anything else. But, you know, you have to kind of imagine that, that health is, is a part of it. It's why he retired in the first place. Uh, eventually coming out of retirement because he missed the game. But, you know, whatever the reason is, uh, I think the, the the biggest point is that the team is in very capable hands with Todd Bowles, who not only obviously knows the team, the roster, the coaches, the staff, uh, but he's got head coach experience. 
uh, in the in the great city of New York or the state of New Jersey, whatever you want to call it. So um, while it's it's not good news, right? It, it's definitely not the worst uh, head coaching departure you could get right before hitting April. Peter King, who broke this story, wrote in his piece that Bruce Arians would prefer his legacy to be at least as much about color and gender blindness as the wins and offensive schemes he taught that were heavy on the yeah. deep ball. His last coaching staff in Tampa included a league high 11 black coaches, including three coordinators and two women. What do you think about that part of it? Because he does promote Todd Bowles, who increases significantly, by the way, the number of black head coaches in the league. The biggest thing is, you know, we, we have a lot of mechanisms in, in, in sports and in a lot of parts of our society that we, we talk about equality and we talk about equal opportunities. Uh, for everybody, regardless of any of those uh, considerations that don't impact the competence levels of, of any individual. What Coach Arians has, has shown with Todd Bowles, with Byron, with Coach Locust, uh, one of the full-time female assistants on the staff, is that you can find people from all walks of life, from all from all assets of, or facets of, 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 of career development, and bring talented people on regardless of some of those other things and just, just put on the talent glasses versus the rose colored glasses. This isn't a mission of Bruce Arians to go find minority coaches per se, but more so to give opportunities to people that maybe don't get as many opportunities from other organizations. And in the process, find some super talented people that should have had jobs in the first place. How much do you think Tom Brady's voice in the room had to do with this? It's, it's all well and good to say Bruce Arians wanted to leave this legacy. And I think that legacy is intact. I think we yeah. can say that definitively, but how much do you think Tom Brady's voice had in saying, Hey, you know, um, maybe it's time, maybe it's time for a different head coach in this organization yeah. right now. I mean, it's something that, you know, you obviously have to think about and something that has to come into the forefront of your mind, just from the stories. And, you know, Tom Brady himself has kind of been, uh, not not dismissive when he's had the opportunity to speak on it. Bruce Arians has kind of flat out said, no, there's no issues. Jason Light has kind of come out and said, listen, there's going to be conflict in any relationship, especially one with two people as intense as these two gentlemen are. I don't think this is Tom Brady pushing Bruce Arians out of his head coaching position, because if that was going to be the case, I feel like that conversation and that uh, decision, if, that, if that's what it was going to be, probably would have been made before, you know, we get into the very end of March. And to me, while that could be a stress contributing factor, like, you know, if, you, if you're not getting along with your quarterback in some way, shape or form, potentially adding to the stress of the job and, and exacerbating some of these health concerns. Sure, potentially. But I'm going to stop short in speculating that Tom Brady essentially pushed Bruce Arians out of his position. And finally, Barcelona set a world record for attendance for a women's match with over 91,500 supporters attending Wednesday's Champion League quarterfinal against Real Madrid. The previous record crowd for a women's game had stood since 1999 when a little over 90,180 fans watched the World Cup final between the U.S. and China at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen for your second listen. Download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Thursday, Duke keeps rising to the occasion on Coach K's final run. Will that continue? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.